You are listening to episode 29 of The Stem Space. Natasha and I are diving into the deep waters today, talking about why do we need engineering in school and what is the narrative being promoted? Intrigued? Listen up. Welcome to The Stem Space, hosted by Vivify co-founders Claire and Natasha. Two aerospace engineers turned educators, sharing our passion for all things STEM. Check us out at vivifystem.com. Claire, I am rethinking everything that we stand for. Oh no, what? (laughs) This is what grad school does to you, so I do not recommend it for anyone listening. Do not go to grad school. They make you question all your life decisions. (laughs) Well, you're writing me a recommendation letter right now for my application, so... Are you (laughs) don't sabotage? (laughs) So I am getting my master's in science education because I have a background in engineering and we're educators now. And I was like, you know, I really want to dive deeper into education and learn some of the best practices, you know, the research. How can I teach better? And so I'm into my second semester. Loved it so much that I just accepted my PhD application to go into (laughs) a PhD (laughs) program next year, um, which is really exciting, but it's also made me kind of step back and reflect on all the things we do. Because when we started as educators, we were just kind of throwing stuff together, let's be honest. Um, (laughs) And we're like, we know about engineering, so how can we teach it to kids? The class I'm in right now is called curriculum theory. And so what I thought that meant was, how do you write an objective? What is a standard? How do you write a lesson plan? How do you create a curriculum? Because we're curriculum writers. And I thought, perfect. Well, um, my professor started us with this book called Means to an End of Education. And it was basically why school? Why do we have school? What is the purpose of school? Why do we send our kids to school? Why, what is the narrative of education? Mm, Sounds scary. (laughs) It was scary. And it was, it was pretty intense, but very thought provoking in like, you know what? I've never actually really thought about it too hard of like, okay, we, we have school because we need school, right? Like I don't give it another thought. I'm going to send my kids to school. Um, And so what she's been sharing with us is there are some narratives that we need to understand as curriculum writers, because we've got to fit the narrative of the curriculum with the narrative of the school, of the teacher, of the parents, of the students, right? We got to all be going to the same place. So the Mm -hmm. analogy she gives is imagine you're on a trip and we're going to be on a boat trip. And she asked us, what do we bring on our trip? And so people started throwing stuff out like food, water, music, you know, and she's like, you haven't asked me where we're going. So how do you know what we're bringing? And the narrative is our destination. Are we going to the Bahamas? Is this Antarctica, (laughs) like a polar expedition? You know, where is it that we're going? What's the point of education? And then the next part is something called ideology. What kind of boat are we on? Like, what is our value system? So let's say we are trying to build citizens of the future. 
that's a big thing in education, right? Um, 21st century learning skills. So we want to have our kids be these citizens that participate in our American democracy. That's like our big narrative. And then, okay, so what does that mean? How do we get them there? Do they need to be critical thinkers? Do we want to build a school around developing who they are as people? If you're familiar with like Montessori schools, Mm -hmm. Waldorf philosophies, these are different ideologies. So this is like, it's a fascinating class. And it's just made me like, I've been reading this stuff after my kids go to bed. So it'll be like midnight and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know anymore. (laughs) Like, what is my ideology? (laughs) And so we had to write a paper and kind of pull it all together based on our own field. And so I was looking at engineering education and the question was, or the prompt was look at some curriculum in engineering education and try to figure out what is the narrative being promoted in this curriculum. So I looked at some popular ones. Engineering is elementary, very popular with informal. You've heard of that one, right? Mm -hmm. Project lead the way. Okay. (laughs) Favorite. And then I had She also wanted us to look at some like policy documents that really describe like, why are we doing this? And so next generation science standards, they recently came out and they have added or they incorporate engineering design practices. And they were based on this report that came out saying, we really got to add engineering into science curriculum for this future workforce. And so as I was like digging through all this stuff, the the big question was, is there even a consensus in engineering today about this narrative? Like, why do we need engineering in school? First, we got to know why we have school. And then does engineering fit in that vision? And I would say the driving narrative in a lot of what I was looking at is something called economic utility, workforce development, preparing kids for jobs. Do we want our school to be a job training program? Our kids, I can tell you right now, our, my professor hates this idea. And, you know, she's like, it's a factory model. You put the kids on a conveyor belt and you're, you know, putting these parts on them and you expect them to be this like completed model with everything they need to enter, you know, like Toyota or Exxon or whatever. And, and I can see that. I can see when I'm talking to a district in San Antonio and they're like, we, they will say the words workforce development. We are trying to develop a pipeline for our kids to go work in a factory, literally a factory, because Toyota is huge in San Antonio. And so they're helping mm-hmm. build that pipeline. And when I was having this conversation with the district, it was kind of like this moment of, do is this good? Is this what we should be doing in school? And is that the purpose of putting engineering? Because if you see it's going younger and younger, so engineering is elementary. You go to their website. It is all about careers. It is about giving kids the skills they need to be engineers. And, you know, they're putting like computer science in kindergarten. Should our kids Mm. be doing coding as kindergartners? Project Lead the Way. It's very skills-based. We're teaching kids SolidWorks, like tools that they're going to need. What? Yeah, that was Project Lead the Way. They were learning things that you and I learned in aerospace. And I was like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like this. (laughs) But what oh, man. happened next is I started digging deeper. And so I don't want to start with like this, hey, we, what's the point? And this is all pointless. And I, that's not where I'm going. So I started digging deeper at engineering is elementary because all over the page, it was saying careers, careers, jobs. And it was like these um, sensational reports of we don't have enough scientists, engineers. So we got to You need to use our curriculum. If you look at the curriculum itself, 
it is actually around a different, totally different narrative of being global citizens that when I really start reading it, they're trying to teach kids that to empower them to make an impact in the world. And so there was one, I remember doing a training at a conference from EIE and it was dropping food in this uh, village that didn't have access. And how would you package the food so it doesn't break the parachute? So it teaches you empathy. It teaches you that our world is connected and that we have this impact. And I was like, that is a narrative I can get behind, right? And Mm -hmm. thinking about my own students, I was driven initially by this economic narrative because that's where my funding's coming from. And that's a whole other conversation is that should companies be funding education? Should they be in planning? Like, for example, I'm working with a district and money for the curriculum itself is coming from a company. Should they be monetizing that? Like, that seems icky, you know? That's exactly (laughs) that. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking when you're talking about pipeline. I was like, man, where I hear that word is often when we're looking for funders and a company steps in and says, yeah, well, this put those kids in the pipeline so they can be our engineers. I'm like, wait, we right. don't want them working for you. I don't work for you. And them being trained to work for you when they're eight, you know, <laughs> like that's yeah. not healthy. So yeah, I, I totally get you. And what I was going to say, if you were to ask me, why do we teach this? I would not say, well, I guess there's some distinctions to make. I sometimes do say, yes, I want them to know about careers and be prepared for careers because that's the real world and they're going to have to join the workforce someday, most likely, but that's not the end goal. So you don't live to work, you work to live. And so we want our kids to be able to have those problem solving and critical thinking skills for life, not so that they can go into work and then be productive and then not use those skills somewhere else. Just like you said with EIE, to be able to help people. That's what I tell my kids every day. I was like, engineers help people. Scientists help people. So how can we help people? So next week, we're starting a project with my fourth graders where they're using their engineering skills that we worked on this whole year to build a motorized wheelchair for a child who needs it. Like I want them to be able to see how those skills can help people. And that should be the, the narrative. Exactly. I think we just have to be careful because it depends on our audience. And that's what's tricky. Whenever my funding comes from companies in my job at a nonprofit, because I'm a nonprofit, I don't, like, that's where I get money. Yeah. And if someone's going to write me a check, I'm going to take it. If it's going to allow me to serve these Um, you know, low income students that don't have access to these programs. But what I have to be careful is, you know, I'm trying to meet what they want out of it. But I'm also have to be protective of what's the best for my students. And actually, that reminds me of when I started this job in this company that I will not mention um, (laughs) was what founded my position, like they gave us $100,000 and created the STEM department. Mm. And they were specific on what they wanted. They wanted people that would work at this company by the end. And so it was a middle school program and it was focused on robotics. And I've told the story before where I started a robotics program and it wasn't working. The kids were not interested in this coding. It was too advanced. It was all boys. And I was frustrated and I was like, there's got to be a better program. And so I built Space Club. We've talked a lot about the power of space And I use the theme of space to get kids to think big, to be curious, to look at science in a different way. When you look up at the sky, like to be in awe 
and he was the partner was like uh how does that help my engineering company (laughs) so I, I pitched it to him and I was like space exploration covers all fields of engineering and science your fo- this was more of a petroleum company i was like they're thinking about doing mining on the moon i integrated chemical engineering and it all fit his visions so i was really selling it to him but for the kids it was different and so we have this like interesting balance as like educators or directors of programs or curriculum writers and i felt that eie had the best from what i could see a good balance of it where the front page is a narrative for the funders and for the mm. admin but then the actual curriculum was a very different story they were telling for the kids which i could get behind and i think that's what we got to figure out is do our kids buy into this if we tell an eighth grader you need to study hard because you're going to have this amazing job waiting for you like they don't really care as an eighth grader <laughs> And they're doing that right now in Texas. And I can tell you it's not working. We have this system where in eighth grade, you have to pick a track, business, medical, STEM, entrepreneurship. Like you have to pick a field and stick with it the whole time in high school. And the system is failing because most kids, this is hilarious, are picking the multidisciplinary track, (laughs) which means they get to pick whatever they want because they are not willing to commit. Like my own relatives that are in high school, my husband's brother and sister, a sophomore and a senior, they both pick multidisciplinary, even though one of them knew he wanted to be an engineer. He was like, I'm not committing. (laughs) (laughs) I want my options. Right. Yeah. So it was a big failed experiment. And I, and that's the struggle. And when I was writing this, I was recognizing there's this big disconnect between, you know, what our kids need to hear, why as parents, we send our kids to school, um, how do we keep them motivated, but then where the funding's coming from, the policy, like even from the top at like the president's office where we have this like drive for more um, prepared STEM workforce that's infiltrating into the school system. And I think it's becoming a real big problem. I think we have to voice it more. Like I know you and I talk a lot about careers and that's a big part of the story we tell. And so I just, I'm thinking through how I should change when I talk about careers in a way where, yes, we're highlighting careers because one narrative is we want you to figure out who you are and figure out your potential. And maybe thinking about chemistry is something you get excited about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think our our angle on careers is more towards an exposure of seeing where your interest can take you. Like you talk about the sparks, right? And what is it that you're interested in, how you can connect that to where you can do it and make money to, to live after, after school. So that narrative, not of the end game is that you have this successful career that the government looks down and says, yes, you are a contributing member (laughs) of society. This, your education worked, but yeah, that's not, not what we're trying to promote. That's not the skill that you take away. The skill that you take away is not that you now are eligible for some sort of career. Right. And so what should we do to, to solve this problem as, as engineers, how do we solve this problem? Right. How exactly put on our engineering hat, put it through the engineering design process, brainstorming Mm -hmm. solutions. Yep. I feel this, we just need to be aware of this as educators in particular STEM educators that the narrative behind engineering education is still being developed. Mm-hmm. And I would like to have a second session with you, Claire, to talk about this new report that came out. 
I posted recently on Instagram of the engineering habits of mind, and it came from a framework for P12 engineering learning by the American Society of Engineering Education. And it was a very useful report. I really enjoyed reading it, but it had a lot to say about this workforce development. And it was one, it tried to explain, like it was a backlash to the next generation science standards. So there's been a lot of people from the engineering perspective that do not like how engineering has been kind of put into science as if it's not worthy of its own <laughs> field, its own content. And so this was kind of a backlash to that in that we should have our own set of standards. These are the things we promote if we want to talk about engineering literacy. And it was three different dimensions and one of them are these habits of mind. So I'll save that for another conversation. But the message it was promoting is one very much of like workforce development and preparing students for engineering careers and how we all should think like an engineer to have this potential to be an engineer versus like NGSS is more of this like global citizens and we should all um, learn like growth mindset was a big part of, mm. you know, the engineering. We talk about that a lot. And so we just need to be aware of that as we're looking at curriculum. And that's what I'm getting out of this class. We're actually going to take a piece of curriculum and dive into it and analyze it and figure out, is it worth using in our classroom? Because we've got to start from the beginning of what's the point. And I'm going to, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to say project lead the way is entirely driven by this idea of preparing kids to be engineers Mm -hmm. because I've done the training and I mentioned, you know, SolidWorks, like these kids are doing these tools and they're not focused on this like growth mindset or these, like this report was saying habits of mind, like creativity and optimism and collaboration. It does some of it, but it's very focused on like tools and job training. And that is not for me why we put engineering in the classroom. Yeah. And don't they even like pick what kind of engineering you are like in Project Lead the Way? Like I think they have like a civil engineering track and a, that really stresses me out because like what if the, at the end of that you're like, yeah, I, I think I'm, I don't really want to do this. And like, well, there goes your high school. Like you, that's all you did. I I want to say that they do it more of like themes, but you're right. There's like this aerospace track or like a robotics track, which is okay, right? To have like themes, yeah, yeah. We have like space exploration, but to your point, it's based around tools, and so they're mm -hmm. really focused on. They're doing really advanced stuff, like the the Vex kits that middle school. Oh yeah. Like these big like toolboxes. I bought one of these, and they're so expensive and like complicated. And I was intimidated. And I'm in this like training with all these teachers and they're freaking out. Like, I don't know what's going on. And I was like, this isn't how we introduce engineering to our kids. Maybe after a few years, <laughs> but I will say as engineers, you and I, okay, let me speak for me. I had no coding experience when I walked into freshman year. I had not done anything with robotics. I was not someone who was sitting in my garage fixing a car. <laughs> like, that was not the reason why I chose engineering. And I was taught the skills I needed, the tools that I needed, the coding that I needed. I was taught that in school because mm -hmm. college has a more workforce development because I'm literally going to college for a job at mm -hmm. the end where I'm going to apply those skills. When our kids are going through high school, should they have a specific job like that is in mind that they're going to apply their education to? No, I don't think they do. I think you're preparing them as like a whole child, right? The mm -hmm. social and emotional side, thinking rationally and critically 
it's so much bigger. And I think engineering has a lot to add to that in education. And I just hate the way it's been, this narrative been so pushed by the companies and it's like taking away a lot of backlash, I think is coming in response to, there was a report that it's a lie. There's plenty of STEM jobs. Um, there, you know, there's we <laughs> engineers, like we don't need any more. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all become way too political. And, you know, like who's making these decisions? Is it the ones who understand how children develop and how brains work? It's, it's not, it's, it's the people that are trying to fill their pockets. Not that I'm hating on industry I'll take more money, work, work, work there. <laughs> yeah. And I, I loved it, but yeah, we really need to really think about what the point is and how we can develop our lessons to speak to that narrative. You're right. And I really want to hear more about this engineering habits of mind. So definitely yes. have to do a follow-up. A little teaser, someone emailed us, a teacher emailed and said, I'm trying to plan a year long engineering class. Can you help? And I was like, this report actually is perfect. And they responded, they're like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Cause this report kind of lays out what we should put in engineering. So let's dive into that next time. Perfect. Perfect.